the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing issues and challenges facing today's church, and we are live. Live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight, we bring you part 20 in our series on the doctrine of the Trinity. This essential doctrine of the Christian faith is one of the most controversial teachings in the Bible. The doctrine of the Trinity has been misunderstood. It's been misquoted, misaligned, attacked, denied, eisegeted throughout history, going all the way back to the Arian heresy under Arius Alexander. The question is, why is there so much biblical illiteracy when it comes to this doctrine, particularly so much uh, so many problems in our churches and the way they understand this doctrine. And what can we do to disciple people in this essential teaching? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you on this uh, eve before resurrection on Sunday? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you for asking that question, and we want to say happy resurrection uh, to all of those out there who love the Lord, and they are worshiping Him and praising Him uh, this day and tomorrow. We pray that you'll have a blessed time with your families as well as with your church, and that God in Christ, through the Holy Spirit, will get the glory and the praise. We thank you for joining us this uh, evening for Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. And uh, we have been doing this series on uh, the Trinity, the if proposition supporting the Trinity. And I thought it would be appropriate to, uh, since we have uh, traveled down this road to Trinitarian texts, And we've been learning about that now, that I thought it would be appropriate and timely to get into uh, Trinitarian texts as it relates to the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, seeing the Trinity at the resurrection. That's an amazing point right there. And very seldom do we ever hear any teaching and preaching on this subject that I'm talking about right now. So we want to encourage you to get your Bibles as well as your paper and your pens and prepare your hearts to learn because it's like a Bible college and seminary when it comes to contending for the faith. And we are learning about uh, this important subject of the bodily resurrection of our Lord 
which is uh, the uh, cornerstone of the Christian faith. Without it, uh, we are all doomed. And the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 17, he says, "If and if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, you are yet in your sins. And then he says also, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 14, and if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain. That's why it's so important for us to share and preach the truth of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And this is the thing that separates Christianity from all of the cults and all of the religions of the world. Uh, This is the thing that makes Jesus superior than all of the religions and cults of the world, that he came back from the dead and said, because I live, you will live also. And I have the keys of both death and hell. What a good word for all of us to know that somebody one day when we're in that grave is going to call us by name like he did with uh, Lazarus and say, come forth. And that's when the God man met them, when the mummy man met the God man. He was a mummy in that cave. And the mummy man met the God man. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. It's good he called him by the name because if he would have just said, come forth, everybody would have came out of the grave from uh, the time of Adam to the present day of Jesus. Uh, So we're going to get into uh, tonight the uh, Three trivia questions, three trivia questions regarding uh, the bodily resurrection of Christ uh, and um, how it relates, these three trivia questions, how it relates to the uh, bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ in relationship to Trinitarian texts. The first question is this, the first trivia question is this. Who raised Jesus from the dead? Now think about that for a moment. Think about that. Who raised Jesus from the dead? That's the first question, the first trivia question. And you know, most of the time, and even I've asked that question with my students and people in churches that I've gone to to preach and lecture, I ask them that question, trivia question, who raised Jesus from the dead? And most of the time, about 98% of the time, people say, the Father raised him from the dead. And you are partially right, halfway right, but not all the way right. So we want to make sure that you're all the way right when it comes to who raised Jesus from the dead. Well, let's start off, number one, that God the Father raised him from the dead. God the Father raised him from the dead. How do we know that? Well, if you look at Galatians 1 and 1, if you look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through men, but through Jesus Christ, and notice here, watch this, and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. So we learn, number one, that God the Father, the first person of the Trinity, the Godhead, raised Jesus from the dead. Second trivia question is, is this, Did God the Son raise Jesus from the dead? Did God the Son raise Jesus from the dead? That's an important question. The answer is found in John 2, 19 through 21. John 2, 19 through 21. And Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, 
and in three days I will raise it up. Now notice he uses the personal pronoun. He didn't say the Father, didn't say the Holy Spirit. He says, in three days, I will raise it up. Look at the word raise. And it says that, then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. And will you raise it up in three days? Now they thought he was talking about the physical temple, but he was talking about his body. And it tells us, but he was speaking of the temple of his body. The Greek word for body is soma. So Jesus said he would raise his own body up from the grave. Now, uh, we learn also a relationship to Jesus raising his own body up from the grave is John 10, verses 17 through 18. John 10, verses 17 through 18. And it says there, therefore, my father loves me because, and I want you to notice how many times the personal pronoun is used. It's used at least about six times. Make a note of that. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down to myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. This commandment, I have received from my father. Notice how many times he uses that personal pronoun, just like he used it uh, in John 2, 19 through 21. He uses the word, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. You know, my friend, only God can raise the dead. Only God can do that. And we learn from these trivia questions thus far that the Father raised him up from the dead. Secondly, we learned that the God the Son raised him up from the dead. So God the Father raised him up from the dead. Secondly, God the Son raised him up from the dead. Now, thirdly, did God the Holy Spirit raise Jesus from the dead? That's a really important question that we hardly ever hear teaching on this in our churches about God the Holy Spirit, if he raised Jesus from the dead. Well, the answer is found in Romans 8 and verse 11. Romans 8 and verse 11. It says, But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he, now notice the word he. Now, it's referring to the Holy Spirit as a person. It, it mentions him as a he. Now, this is a good scripture here to denounce the teachings of the Jehovah's Witnesses because they try to say the Holy Spirit is a wind or force, like Star Wars. But it says, it refers to the Holy Spirit as, as he. He who raised Christ from the dead also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So very important scriptures. We have learned that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. We've also learned that God the Son raised Jesus from the dead. And then we also learn that God the Holy Spirit raised him up from the dead. Things equal to each other, make a note of this, things equal to each other are things equal to the same thing. God meaning all three distinct 
eternal distinct persons in the Godhead raised Jesus from the dead because they're all God. And so in conclusion, I want to give you Acts chapter 17, verses 30 through 31. Acts chapter 17, verses 30 through 31. What does it say there? Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all men, to all, by raising him from the dead. Now, notice it says, truly these times of ignorance, God. And then it says later on in the verse that he raised him from the dead. So now we learn, this is interesting when you put all this together. We learn that the Father raised him from the dead, the Son raised him from the dead, the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead, and then the Apostle Paul says, but God raised him from the dead. Things equal to each other are things equal to the same thing. Oh, what a word for us tonight. And I want to just have a prayer with you, my brothers and sisters of repentance, a prayer of confession and repentance. Repeat after me. Dear God, forgive me of my ignorance of knowing who you are, what you are, what you want to do in my life. Forgive me for being ignorant of your word. Help me, Lord, to confess my sins, any sins in my life against you and my fellow man. And we just pray, Lord, that you would fill us with your spirit so that we can do your will. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray these things. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and edification and exhortation of his holy word as it relates to the Godhead seen in the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Brother Gary. Amen, amen. If Christ be not raised from the dead, we are, we are yet in our sins. Our faith is in vain, but thank God that he did. He conquered death. And he rose, and we are so, so blessed as a result. Well, it's time for us to take a commercial break, and we'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We just want to thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry. It uh, wouldn't be here today. We, we know that it is as a result of so many folks being consistent in prayers that keeps us going. It keeps things happening. It keeps the blessings flowing. And so we thank you so much. We also want to thank those of you who have partnered with us financially over the years. This is a listener-supported ministry. And uh, without your support, again, we would not be on the air. It costs us 400 a week to do this broadcast. Right now, we are hundred. We need $190 to get things level. So we need your help. We need you to consistently pray. And also, we need you to help us financially to keep things rolling. There's two ways you can donate. 
One is to address a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way, so much easier, just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button. It's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Well, Dr. Buckner, are you ready to go to the phone lines and get this Christmas tree uh, <laughs> unlit? <laughs> it sounds good. Amen. Let's, right. give out, let's, let's give out some spiritual presence of wisdom. Amen. There you go. All right. So uh, CC, he's, he's waiting to report on his assignment. That's right. You gave him some some homework last week. Yes. How are you doing, CC? I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? To, uh, oh, we're, truly, we're truly blessed. Truly blessed. Good yeah, to I'm hear your voice yeah. again. Um, good to hear you, too. We can hear you. Can uh, Did you uh, do a little homework? Yes, I did. I, I want to um, try to keep it short because I know there's a lot of callers on there, so it's going to be very brief. Appreciate yeah, just be uh, give us just a synopsis of it, and then what uh, additional stuff you have, uh, we'd like for you to uh, write it up and then send it to us. But take out about two or three minutes at the most, and just highlight what you learned about Solomon Spalding and the relationship to Mormonism. Well, Solomon Spalding, what I learned was that um, he was born in February twentieth, seventeen sixty one. He um, he was a related. He was an author who studied, and um, he he wrote two related texts: one on uncivilized, one about um, uh, a historical un, uh, unpublished historical marriage, and about lost civilization of the mound builders and the ma- uh, manuscript uh, found. He also. Uh, he went to college at Dart- Dartmouth. Dartmouth. He studied there for a while, and he was also um, an ordained minister. And after he left from being an ordained minister, he moved to New York, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. And he also had wrote a, a text about how the um, Romans had came to North America. His material was stolen out of a museum by three. Three, three individuals. One was Joseph Smith, uh, one was Oliver Connery, and the other one was Sidney Riggin. They stole this material, and this is basically how the Book of Mormons was formed. And just to make a long story short, Joseph Smith, in some of his writings, had claimed that the Lamanites and Neophytes had fought against each other, this group that appeared uh, between, they, they, they um, existed between 600 B.C. and 480, and they fought against each other. He claimed, and Oliver Connery made it um, was um, a very he was very helpful supposedly in writing the Book of Mormon. They used some seer stones to supposedly translate these golden plates. They also supposedly used the Rosetta Stone that was founded by Napoleon's army in 1800 A.D. and it contained it was written it was it was written in three different languages: Greek, demonic, and um, hieroglyphic, and it described a wedding celebration of Antiochus who had gave his daughter Cleopatra to marry Postolomy, which this is also mentioned in the book of Daniel, 
in a peace treaty in 197 BC. But when you look at when you go and look at the historical or evidence, um, archaeologists went back to try to find this location of the Lamanites and the Neophytes, and they found out there was there was no location that was even found. So when you look at the Mormonism, Mormonism is truly a religion that's just just not true because when you look at the Bible, the archaeologists. Had um, did a study and they actually found the boat that Jesus Christ and the disciples had rode in in 1984, 1946. Also, the Dead Sea Scrolls were um, also found. And so, when you look at the evidence there, and Joseph Smith also claimed that once you become a Mormon, that you could be a, become a god who could own your own planet, which is unbiblical because God said there's no other god besides me in Isaiah 43. And just to just to just to finish it off. He claimed that the resurrection was, um, was uh, that Jesus Christ's crucifixion started in the Garden of Gethsemane and not on the cross. And he denies he denies basically what the Bible is teaching because we we also know that just, you just said it earlier what Paul said you know if Jesus Christ didn't rise from the dead then the preaching is in vain and so will our salvation be. And so when you look at Mormonism and you look at all the different things, it's clearly not the same Jesus is being taught in the Bible. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, good job. I'm proud of you. You did a good job. You really, I can tell you really uh, dig deep in terms of your research. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, uh, we're, we're proud of you and thank you for uh, being faithful and consistent and uh, being studious. So we appreciate that. And somewhere down the line, we'll uh, uh, give you something else to do, but we just always appreciate what you share and uh, good, good insight. So appreciate it. Uh, do you have any prayer requests uh, that we can pray for you before we let you go? Yeah, so if you can pray for me, however you guys wanna pray for it, especially with me, because I'm doing a lot of different studies on Romans, Revelation, and Daniel, and I'm going, going pretty deep so uh, i'm gonna i'm trying to you know get do some memorizations of some teachings and stuff so that pray for my mother and my family and also um a, my sis my friend of mine's mother has diabetes and they have schizophrenia and, and if they're not eating and then apparently someone's doing witchcraft on them and so it's just a lot of stuff going on the mother needs to eat and just you can pray for DMX, he's in the hospital and they say he might not make it because he's in there over on the overdose he's a very young man he's a rapper and he's, he, uh, they say basically he, he may not make it, but we can still try to pray for him. He's in critical condition. Okay, very good. Okay, Brother Gary, let's lift up uh, these prayer requests. Okay, so Lord, we just thank you. For Brother Cece, we pray for his family, that you continue to bless them, protect them, and keep them safe. We also lift up Cece as well, Lord God, that you strengthen him and encourage him as he studies, as you give him uh, supernatural wisdom and understanding of your word, Lord God. We lift up DMX in the situation, Lord God. You are the great physician, and you have a never lost a case. You have the last word when it comes to um, what happens to anybody, even if they uh, unintentionally overdose, Lord God. You still have the last word. And we pray over this other situation regarding his diabetes and schizophrenia and all these things that are going on, Lord God, that you would supernaturally intervene in these situations. And, Lord God, that you would move and bless in a mighty way. Lord, we thank you. Praise and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. Thank you, Cece. God bless you, brother. Uh, keep up the good work. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. All right. 
You Let's go it. to our, our next caller, Sophia. Are you there? Sophia. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was waiting. I tell you, that was so fabulous. Now I know all about Mormonism. That was fabulous by Cece. Wow. Um, okay. Amen. So that was really good. And by the way, I have to say hello to Brother Gary with your clean colon. I'm very happy about that. So anyway. Thank you. Well, I'm sorry. That wasn't I'm really delicate. too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you also for your wonderful letter, as well as your uh, donation to Contending for the Faith. We really appreciate uh, all your prayers and your wonderful letter, and we just oh, uh, want to acknowledge that to you and the Lord. Well, you know, when I heard about a stimulus check coming to me, I thought, what better thing to do than stimulate the Word of God? You know, we did, we did find yeah. things our car, but I figured <laughs> that's what a stimulus check is really for, the Word of God gets stimulated. Okay, so there I'll be go. fast, like CC, um, with my question. And so mm-hmm. this goes to John 6, and then it goes to 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And then also John six sixty five. this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. So my question to you, Dr. Buckner, is I don't know what this means. It means that God, I thought we, we, we take Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but this sounds like no, uh, the, no, Jesus can't even take us, that God chooses us long before maybe the, the world began, and, and so he chooses us, and then, then what happens? He hands us off to Jesus. I don't understand what this means, that he chose us, so it has nothing to do with what, what we do. He chose us, and then we go to Jesus, and I don't understand it. Well, let me, let me just say this is a very good question. Um, uh, a lot of times there's a lot of confusion from the Calvinistic perspective because uh-huh. they will say that God chooses us from the foundation of the world and uh-huh. that there are some chosen and others that are not. That's not the way God operates. The way God operates is this way. Uh, we are chosen in Christ the moment that we accept him. So God is, is, doesn't have show favoritism in heaven. It's a situation where the elect become the elected when they choose to believe in the elected one who is Jesus. Oh. And uh, very few people hear it that way because that's oh. the right way. The, the word predestination in the Bible is never talking about God, uh, ordaining and choosing us before the foundation of the world. It's a situation where we are chosen in Christ the moment that we confess our sins and we repent, and then we acknowledge him, and then we become uh, elected and predestined in him at that moment. So that's what uh, the New Testament uh, teaches, and people need to understand it from that perspective. And now secondly is this. Uh, when it comes to God drawing us to him, this fits into Trinitarian texts again. So a lot of times some people will read the passages that you read, and they'll read others, and they'll say, I'm a little bit confused. Well, let me take the fusion out of confusion and simply say this, because God is not the author of confusion. When it comes to Trinitarian texts, that's why every Christians should get my book on uh, the if proposition supporting the Trinity. Now, when we ask the, the another trivia question, who draws us to come to Jesus Christ? Well, the Father draws us to come to Jesus, 
the moment that we choose to uh, accept him through confession and repentance. So the Father draws us to come to Jesus, and we find that in John 6, 43 through 45, where Jesus says, Jesus said, therefore, Jesus therefore answered and said to them, do not murmur among yourselves. No, no one can come to me except the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last day. It is written, uh, written in the prophets, and they shall be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Now, the other trivia question is this. Does the Son draw? Yes, he does. Uh, we find in John 12 and verse 32, and it says in John 12 and 32, and if I, and if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men, all people to myself. Well, that's really powerful. Now, what about the Holy Spirit? Does the Holy Spirit draw? Yes, he does. How do we know that? 1 Corinthians 12 and 3. 1 Corinthians 12 and 3 says, Therefore, I, I make known to you that no one speaketh by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So even though, even though it doesn't use the word draw, uh -huh. it says that no man can call Jesus uh, Lord uh, but by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit draws too. So all three draw us to Christ because all three are God. And just like I was teaching about all three of them was at the resurrection. All three of them are involved with the sanctification of the believer. All three were involved with the benediction. They're all three there. And all three are involved with the creation of the world. All, all three of them are involved because they're, they're all God and yet three distinct persons. So always look at uh, the the aspects of uh, predestination and election and foreknowledge, especially election and predestination, in the uh, from the perspective of the moment that we uh, reach out to God and we accept Him, then we become chosen and we become elected in the elected one. So that's important for us to understand. So hopefully that's giving you some additional insight. That is so fabulous. So I think we better get to the other callers. It's so busy, but the happy Easter to everybody, to you and Brother Gary and all the listeners. And that was fabulous. Thank you so much. You took the whatever it's called, the fusion app of confusion. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, God well, thank you so you much all. for your call and your question as well. Okay, goodbye. Gary, do we have we have to go to a commercial or? Yeah, well, you know, it's seven. It's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And uh, once again, we just want to encourage you, please continue to pray for Contending for the Faith. We need your prayers. This is a prayer-driven ministry. It's so vital that you are consistently praying for us. We know 
these many, many years that we've been on the air are the result of the faithful folks who have been praying for this ministry. And also, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially because this is a listener-supported ministry. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air. And, and right now, you know, we do have a, a, a debt of $190 that we're trying to uh, retire. So we need your help to do that, as well as to keep the funds rolling so we can keep uh, weekly doing what God has called us to do. There's two ways you can donate. First one is just address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way is so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button, and it's that simple. It'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Well, Dr. Bung, you're ready to get back to the uh, phone calls. Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right. Brother Rick has been waiting. Or you want to pray for Alfred real quick? All right. Yes, we did uh, receive a call from Alfred who would like us to pray for him. He's taking his prayer off the air, so we'll do that right now. Lord, we just lift up uh, Alfred. He is concerned about his second COVID vaccination. And Lord God, we just pray that you give him peace regarding this, your perfect peace that surpasses all understanding. Guard his heart and his mind through Christ Jesus. And we just pray, Lord God, that it would be a smooth uh, experience for him, that he wouldn't suffer any adverse side effects. But Lord God, let things go well for Alfred. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Let's get to Brother Rick. Brother Rick, how are you doing? Resurrection Day. Oh, happy Resurrection Day to you as well. Related to the resurrection. There's been a lot of controversy uh, related to the day that the resurrection took place. How do we know, according to biblical evidence, that on on what day the resurrection took place? If there is an answer, and uh, how would it be by according to numerics? Very good. Very good question. Thank you so much for that, because there there are a lot of controversy around what day. And then people are also saying, uh, how in the world can you get uh, uh, three days uh, out of uh, Friday to Sunday? Uh, because uh, three days and three nights out of Friday to Sunday, you just can't. But if you look at everything from the Jewish uh, calendar, the way they operated in the day and the Jewish tradition. Uh, Jesus said one time, is there not 12 hours in a day? So with the Jews, half of a day was considered a full day. So you can get uh, three days and three nights out of that. Now, the biggest authority uh, to your question, the biggest authority on, uh, or the greatest authority on the uh, what day took place, the resurrection, is Jesus himself. And I don't believe anybody can book with him. So if you look at Mark 9 and 31, in Mark 9 and 31, it says, For he taught his disciples and said unto them, uh, The Son of Man is delivered unto the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that, he is killed he shall rise the third day. 
Now, Jesus said it himself that he will rise on the third day, and it's uh, followed up with even the Apostle Paul, because the Apostle Paul uh, says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 4, he says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 4, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. So Paul is consistent with Jesus talking about the third day. And then Jesus mentions the third day two other more times. Uh, of course, it's at various times in scripture, John 2 and 19. Remember he said, Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And then in Luke 24 and verse 46, and he talks about uh, the, uh, the third day there, you know, even after the resurrection. So this is taking place after the resurrection, uh, Luke 24 and 46. So after the resurrection, Jesus uh, taught that he, would, he had suffered. He prophesied that he had suffered and he would rise from the dead on the third day. That's what he told his disciples. He said it even again uh, after the resurrection. So anyway, uh, Jesus is the greatest authority on it, and we got to uh, look at what he says, and he emphasizes the third day, and that's what we got to stay with, uh, and and I, that settles the case right there for me. Hopefully that, that answers your question. That makes sense. I mean, the key point was basically part of a day is a full day. And we use this a third day. Yeah. All you need is part of a third day, and that's good enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's Thank you very right much on for that. Yes. And do you have any uh, prayer requests before we get to, uh, I think we have Jermaine still. Do you have any uh, prayer requests? Just uh, to my family. I mean, I just want to give a prayer report that I was able to talk to them during the last week and uh, mm -hmm. give me strength to keep um, pressing, uh, pressing the faith toward them. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Well, well, Lord, we just thank you that Rick had an opportunity to witness to his family. And we pray that you continue to give him the opportunity as well as the words and the unction and the power to Proclaim your word to his family, Lord God, that they would receive it, that, with, that you would soften their hearts and that they, by your Holy Spirit, come to a saving knowledge of you. We pray also, Lord God, continue to keep Rick in good spirits, continue to encourage him and continue to bless him with good health, Lord God. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank, Thank you, Brother Rick, for the good, uh, good question. Appreciate always your question and God bless you, brother. God bless all right, let's do uh, Brother Jermaine's on the line, waiting patiently. Squeeze him in. Brother Jermaine, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very well. Oh, good, good. Good to hear your voice again. Yes. And uh, we trust that you're doing well and happy resurrection uh, to you and your family, resurrection day at, in the Lord. Oh, yeah, we're, we're all doing very well. All right. Oh, good, good. What's on your heart tonight? You have a question? Yeah, just, um, you know, uh, I'll be engaging with uh, a Jehovah's Witness, you know, uh, someone close to me in a little bit. But 
the difference between their version of Jesus and, and the traditional Christian version of Jesus, I know they just had what they consider a memorial, and um, they only allow certain people to participate in the communion. And it's, it's very clear we have different definitions of Jesus. And uh, like Walter Martin said, just trying to define terms. They use similar terminology, but it's clear we have different definitions. So just wanted to hear your thoughts about what you knew about their version of, of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's a good question. Well, uh, the Jehovah Witnesses uh, believe that Jesus is a creature. Uh, we believe that Jesus is the creator. And then they also teach that Jesus, before he came to earth, he was known as Michael the Archangel. And then when he came to earth, he came to earth as a mortal man. And then after the resurrection, he became an immaterial spirit. And then he went back to heaven as Michael the Archangel. So the thing is, how do you uh, debunk this uh, argument in terms of them saying that he's a, he's a creature, not the creator? I think you have to go to John 20 and 28 and 29, where Thomas says, my Lord and my God, and Jesus accepted it, and he and he accepted uh, his act of worship. And Jehovah's Witnesses have changed um, every word where in the Gospel of John, where it's capital G to being God to a little God, but they didn't change it there to John 20, 28, 29. Um, so I think that that's very important. This one, and then also uh, Revelation, because of the Father is called Alpha and Omega, Jesus and it's consistent. And then in Isaiah 44 and 6, God says, I am the first and the last, and besides me, there is no God. So uh, that's very important to lay that out, um, as, as well as the fact that when it comes to the bodily resurrection, because we are talking about the resurrection uh, now, uh, and the Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe that Jesus was raised in a physical body. They believe that he was raised as an invisible spirit creature. So the way you debunk that as well, you want to look at uh, several passages of Scripture. You want to look at math, uh, Luke, rather, Luke 24. And uh, when Jesus appeared in the upper room, the disciples had thought that they had seen a spirit like the Jehovah's Witnesses say Jesus was. And then he, he rebukes them and said, uh, peace be unto you, a spirit has not flesh and, and bones as you see me have. So Jesus uh, said, a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see me have. So they don't believe uh, in uh, Jesus having a physical body after the resurrection, you know, that he manufactured bodies and, uh, you know, that it wasn't a, a, a real physical body. And then uh, Jesus says, handle me and see for a spirit has not flesh and bones to see me out. So I think you just, you just have to stick with the fact that Jesus is God. Uh, John 8 and 24, Jesus says, if you believe not that I am he, you will die in your sins. They need to understand that over about 23 times the great I am passages is referring to Jesus as God. 
that he's truly God. And Jesus said, he uses the I am. He says, if you believe not that I am he, you will die in your sins. So anyway, and then I would recommend the last thing is to get the Kingdom of the Cults book. Do you have that book? Uh, yeah, yes, I do. I, I own that book. I have it with you. Yes, yes. And go back through uh, the section where Walter Martin, my mentor, he lays out a lot of good uh, answers around the real Jesus versus the counterfeit Jesus. But you just have to stick with, you have to pray first of all, that God will open up their eyes and their ears to hear the truth of the gospel, because only the Holy Spirit can open up their eyes and ears. And don't allow them, and I have Gary to add something to what I'm saying, because I've mentored him in this area as well. Don't allow them, when you talk to them, to get into the humanity, because they want to get to John 14, 28, Jesus said, the Father's greater than I, and then Colossians 1, the firstborn of all creation, and then in the beginning, uh, he's the beginning of the creation of God, and, and the stuff like that. Don't let them get into that. Get them, take them right to John 20, 28, and say, I need an answer on this. Why does Thomas say, my Lord and my God, and if it was a blasphemy, Jesus would have rebuked it, but he didn't rebuke it. He accepted it and said, blessed are the day that have not seen and yet have believed. Gary, you want to add to something that I said? Well, I think that you're right on the money. They'd like to hopscotch you through the Bible. And so they want to just, you end up uh, getting worn out if you allow them to just take you from scripture to scripture, to scripture, to scripture, just make them stay there and answer that one because they won't be able to, um, and, you know, that Luke 24 and 36 is a great passage in, in respect to the bodily resurrection of Jesus. I don't believe it's changed in their Bible either. Um, but, you know, they, I would say this, that anytime you're dealing with uh, someone in the, in the watchtower and you have a relationship with this person, I, I'm assuming. No, so, you know, you know, you know them. And in this, it's important that you pray for them as you're witnessing that God would open their eyes and uh, open their heart, soften their heart to receive him. So what well, looks like we're getting a message that it's we've run out of time, Jermaine, but maybe you call back uh, next week and we can uh, continue this conversation. Um, so. Uh, Yep, I hear the musics. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Um, and again, please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. My name is Gary Bell. May God richly bless you, and we all wish you a happy Resurrection Day tomorrow. Take care. God bless.